comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Ichabod Crane. Ichapod Cranecast and out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron. Abe's not here, but for those who are listening because this is the Ichapod Cranecast, we do have Brandon Peters. Hello. And while Maxwell was not able to join us today, unfortunately, despite just scheduling issues, prevented him from being here, it's unfortunate. But with that said, I have a, we have a completely special guest here who is... Uh, it's not one, not one that's a fan of the, of the or not, not a big watcher of Sleepy Hollow, the TV series. But, um, yet, yet. But with that said, keeping her head on her shoulders from Fangirl Nation, it's Victoria Irwin. Hi, guys. So, um, just, there's so much ex- explanation I have to do right now for what's about to happen. Basically, for those who are on the Out Now side, this is a joint episode of another podcast that I host with Brandon, of course. Um, the Ichapod Cranecast, a podcast that goes over the show Sleepy Hollow on Fox on a weekly basis. That show has not started yet, but we, said we decided to do a special bonus episode, which is a commentary. Um, for you, the Out Now listeners, you know that we like to do our commentaries. We're doing one one a month. So this is that episode for this time. And for those who are on the Ichapod Cranecast listening to this, this episode, this is... <laughs> this is in joint with the Out Now of Aaron and Abe podcast that I also host, which is a weekly mo- film podcast. So this is a double, ep- this is a, a joint episode, I guess, that's going to be a special bonus for both, and it is a commentary track for the Tim Burton film Sleepy Hollow. You can see how that fits into this wild madness <laughs> that consists of having two different podcasts discuss a very similar topic. I hope no one's eyes got crossed during all that. Mine almost did. Brandon, this you still is like the, the the poor man's Avengers of two podcasts leading up <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to this. But yeah, so Brandon's in, Abe's out, Maxwell's out, but we got Victoria. Hi. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping up with this, so yeah. we're okay. Right. Um, the way this works is pretty simple for those who don't who have not listened to our commentaries before. Basically, Brandon and I. And Tori, well, Tori's in the same room with me, so, you know, that doesn't really matter. Um, but we have the film Sleepy Hollow synced up on our DVD or Blu-ray players at a certain time in. Uh, in this case, it's about 12 seconds in on the Blu-ray version. Um, it's basically where the Paramount logo for Sleepy Hollow is kind of fully formed. And Brandon and I are basically going to sync the film together by counting down from three. And on the sound of go, we're going to press play and just start talking with the film. Um, that's basically the plan here. So if you, for some reason, have gotten this far and you're like, I don't want to listen to a Sleepy Hollow Pot commentary, this is probably the time to turn it off. For everybody else, you should sync your DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever uh, to right where the Paramount logo forms. Or if you just want to listen along without watching the movie, that's fine as well, of course. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to be talking about the Tim Burton film Sleepy Hollow. Doesn't have much to do with the Fox television series Sleepy Hollow, except for the fact that they share various character names and, you know, decapitations run wild. Um, as a special bonus as well, Tori is going to uh, have her hand in counting all the decapitations that take place in the film. So we, that, we actually have a clicker for this. Yeah, this is this is important. I, this is probably the most important aspect of doing a Sleepy Hollow commentary, if I had to guess. IMDb says 18. Let's see if we can beat the record. <laughs> <laughs> can we have, like, a sound when they happen? Like the, we'll, the we'll, counter? I'll, we'll probably just yell decapitation or something. Like that. We don't need a sound. <laughs> <laughs> 
No. We'll see. All right. When we get there, we get there. We'll put it that way. But uh, yeah, so for those who are still listening, this preamble is now over, and we're going to start the movie now. So, Brandon, you ready? I am ready. Okay, I'm going to count down three, two, one, go, and on the sound of go, we'll press play and just start, start this thing going. All right, three, two, one, go. Decapitation! Okay, not yet. False alarm. So, like, if, if you're saying if people are still with us, I'm like, did someone, like, not read the title of this and go, hmm, what, what's out now doing today? There's always, you know, there's always... Oh, people. Sleepy Hollow? <laughs> nah, nah, I'm not going to... I'll was yeah, like, I'll come back next week. I always like the Mandalay Bay uh, production logo, by the way, of the tiger and the black and white. Yeah. It reminds me, when I saw Life of Pi, I was reminded of the Mandalay Bay logo. I, like, I, just oh, noticed, I just noticed at the bottom it said a Lionsgate company. Yeah, yeah. An old school Lionsgate when it was two words. Mm-hmm. Aw, the good old days. The good old days when they produced this, or they put out stuff like Dogma. There's a, there's a <laughs> lot of things about this movie I always forget until I watch it. And I say that with this being my favorite Tim Burton movie, by the way. But I, for, I always forget that Francis Ford Coppola produced it. Mm-hmm. I always forget that uh, Andrew Kev- Andrew Kevin Walker Andrew Kevin Walker that he wrote the, the screenplay the writer of Seven the writer of Seven wrote the screenplay. So at any point in time, are we allowed to yell "What's in the box"? Oh, all the time. Yes, all it's the a lot time. of boxes. And and sex is bad. Well, there's yeah. a lot of things that seem to be bad in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> because he he wrote Eight Millimeter, which that was the the mission statement. If sex is bad. Yeah. Yes. So that's what he did after this movie. We don't need to teach absence-only education. We'll just show these films in Southern State high schools. We're good, right? There we go. I always forget that this opening sequence like ties in heavily to exactly what the murder plot is in this movie. <laughs> Let me get back to it being my favorite Tim Burton movie. That's a fact. Yes. Um, th- this is my favorite Tim Burton movie. I acknowledge that maybe Ed Wood and perhaps Bat- Batman... I don't know about Batman, but, but Ed Wood, I think, is maybe like his best film as a director, perhaps. Maybe Big Fish right. as well, you throw in there. But I feel like Sleepy Hollow, to me, is the film that you would use to describe Tim Burton. I think you can watch it. Just You can put this movie on and be like, this is a Tim Burton movie. This is like yeah, the ultimate well, example of that. It's a huge turning point in his career because it's like this, the last, like, you know, people talk about Big Fish. I can't tell you the last time I went back to Big Fish. Right. It's a good movie. But this was a this was, this was was pretty great movie, and it was him fully adapting something, which... For the next decade, it would be Tim Burton's this, Tim Burton's this, Tim Burton's this, Tim Burton's this. This is the starting point. This is the last point of like greatness. And I'm not saying it was like downhill from here. We're but... talking about Martin Lando, by the way. There's such a great yeah. cast in this movie. It's ridiculous. It's, <laughs> it's all these like iconic little character actors from genre films too, or would later go into genre films because you have like Gandalf. Yeah, is in the movie. You have Dracula slash Count Dooku slash how oh, is it? Saruman, Saruman, who's in everything, and also makes death metal albums at Christmas time. You know, you have the Emperor from Star Wars. Yeah, Darth Sidious. You have Jeffrey Jones. One, That's one. It's pretty great, and I feel like this is Tim Burton's kind of like tribute to like you know the Hammer films and the like Corman Poe movies. Yeah, I mean even like the color of the blood just reminds me of them. I love that it's a very like it's like a crayon color almost the red. Yeah, and if you you watch those old sixties you know Poe movies and the the Hammer films, the blood was like you know red paint looking, and that's what he kind of evokes here. But then that's a very Tim Burton pumpkin head right there. Yeah, that's from Nightmare Before Christmas, like exactly. Yeah. Especially this with like the drab color palette too, if the red yeah. really works out. They, 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 did, they did not, you know, carve pumpkins like pumpkins like 
Yeah, in uh, the 1700s. No. 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 <laughs> in terms no of, um, I do like that's like 1799. It fits perfectly. Yeah. Um, in terms of like Tim Burton's like style, like this is like it's just like big like certain like Big Fish and Chocolate Factory and like his mo- movies since this one certainly still have his style. Some communicate it better than others, I would say. But this one just it just feel like for being an, another like the first of his many kind of adaptations beyond the Batman films, of course. This like it feels like while like Beetlejuice and Scissorhands are like his own creations, while this movie is an adaptation, it still feels like he. He's completely in control of, of showing off the Tim Burton aesthetic in full force here. Well, completely. I mean, he took a short short story and expanded it. Yeah. And, and into something. And this is also probably the last time he had to fight for Johnny Depp to be a lead in a big film. <laughs> <laughs> now he because, just says, I'm making this movie, and they go, oh, okay, so we're going to have... Is the Depper in it? Yeah. That's, what, that's what they call him, the Depper, I assume. <laughs> yes. The big Depper. And I think, I think Depp's terrific in this, too. Yeah, it, I think he's he, like fantastic. He's always been that way. It's just people didn't see it till Pirates. For, yeah, for, I mean, yeah, he's done plenty of good work up in, And I, now, now he and the public have kind of taken it for granted. So he, he just, I mean, he's more cartoonized these roles since then. Where I think he was straight up giving a performance back in the day, somewhere around. Around, I mean, maybe he was sick sick of playing these eccentric parts, or it just became that way. But here's Christopher Lee. <laughs> it's like this cast is ridiculous. I love the wings as they get. There's another shot of him coming up, and the wings just come right out of him like they're his. There's a lot of just really great yeah. shots in the. I mean, this movie's beautiful. This movie didn't it win oh, yes. best cinematography, or at least it was at least um, nominated. I know, I know it won like art design. But let me see. I can look it over right now, actually, because it's right in front of me. It was, I know it was up for cost or from cinematography. It was up for like three things, I, I think. I do like how his entire introduction is like this week on New York 1799 CSI. There we go. There's the shot. Look at the wings just coming right out of him. Yes. Oh, there yeah. you go. It won for art direction. It was nominated for cinematography and costume design. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, the cinematography in this movie is fantastic. Every, I mean, I the again, sets I, everything I is. Movie. Like, it's, you know. it's pretty much perfect. And um, it's one of the last times I really loved the Danny Elfman score. Yeah. I could probably there's probably others, but this 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 one that stands out to me in terms of kind of Tim Burton Danny Elfman collaborations. It's really eerie. It is one of those soundtracks that it comes on at like two in the morning. If you know your computer gets woken up, you kind of freak out and wonder what the heck's in your house. <laughs> well, I mean this. I mean the this movie's got like everything. It's it's a horror movie. It's like got some good comedy to it. It's not afraid yeah. to be a little bit goofy. It gets serious at the right times. It's got a, a mystery at the heart of it that you're trying to figure out as well. I remember when there was coming out, like I saw previews of it. It's like, this kind of looks scary. I don't know if I want to like go out of my way right away to see the movie. And then I saw, I think like the HBO first look and it yeah. emphasized how there was actually a lot of dark humor. And it's like, Oh, I'm in like, I want to see this movie. And I loved it. I went and saw it. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I remember in 1999, it was like my senior year of high school, but me, and a couple of my friends were like, Hitting up the movie theater every Friday night and constantly satisfied with things coming out. Like, you know, you had The Sixth Sense. You had stuff like, you know... Um, I liked Stir of Echoes back then. You had Sleepy Hollow. Fight a lot Club of things. Every, yeah, fight, I didn't see Fight Club in the theater. <laughs> but it, it, it came out... I mean, there's just a lot of good stuff in 99 in a row. I'm like. cold open, by the way. Jeez, we get yeah. the title of it. It's- Seven and a half minutes in the movie. 
Oh, Mike, Michael Goh is in this one too. I forgot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's in here. But yeah, I mean, just this. <laughs> I like the old the scenery and the like the the town that they just shot was was great. Casper uh, Van Dien credit. We can. Casper Van Dien. Yeah. Here's. I mean. You can put the clicker down. It's not gonna. You're not gonna have. Yeah. He's not. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm taking it seriously. I'm okay. holding on to this. Player. All right, <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll See, bring back up Casper Van Dien later. But. Okay. Technically, there are more decapitations than we've seen because I just saw it in his book, and I'm wondering if we should actually count those as well. We'll, we'll count up. Well, I know there's like two of them. I think right. Do also. flashback ca- uh, decapitations count? Yes. yes. Well, if we see them on screen, they definitely count. That's the thing. All right. Yeah, Richard Griffiths. Richard I mean, Griffiths, yeah. this cast is like old, old dude heaven, old dude character actor heaven. Were Tim Burton and Lisa Marie still together at the time of this movie, or was he still awkwardly putting her in his movies? I think he was at this point still awkwardly putting her in his movies. Okay. Yeah, the movie really, like, there's really only three colors in this movie. It's, like, black, white, and red. Like, that's it. It's like mm-hmm. Some shades of gray occasionally. Yeah. I love these credits. These credits are cool with the kind of the smokiness of them. They just kind of appear and fade out. This oh, is kind yeah. of ghostly aesthetic. I mean, this movie does get, you know, has its violence and blood, but I, I feel like it's close to being, like, an all-ages horror movie that adults well, it, can enjoy just as much as a younger crowd. It's treated like a comic book. That's really what it is. There it's, you go, okay. It's treated like a stylized comic book movie. There you go. It has a, a period drama or a period horror film or whatever you want to call it, but, I mean, that's the kind of approach to the violence in the film. I feel like if it was made... Well, I don't know about made today. It's not that old to really consider, like, how it could be toned, toned down into an R rating. And that's another thing. With, with how this movie is, it's pretty timeless. Like, you're not... You can't tell when this was made. I mean, you, you can because of actors' ages and stuff like that, but the sets, I mean, Tim Burton was good at making timeless stuff. Oh, for sure. I mean, you can watch, even you watch Beetlejuice or something like that. I mean, the, it's 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 his use of practical effects. That's what does it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie, there's like one, there's like the one scene when like the horseman's head comes back and uh, that it kind of, you, you see the CG stuff. But for the most part, this movie's yeah. all practical besides like the obvious removal of a head from a character to yeah. work. But. Um. Did you think uh, the movie From Hell was trying to, like, capitalize on this movie's... I think it's... I I I certainly don't... I don't think it would have existed if this movie wasn't a success, because this movie was a huge hit for Tim Burton. Well, they had to dial back so much of the violence from the comic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a... That From Hell is like... It's like a 600-page graphic novel or something. It's a huge book. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous, but it's so hard to capture outside of maybe a miniseries or something like that. Was that the straw, or was it... Ele- no, it was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That was the straw that broke the back of oh, Alan Moore. <laughs> we, we don't talk about that movie. That no, never no. happens. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I was making it up. Andrew Kevin Walker, who actually um, did have his hand in, like, Fight Club and the game. Yeah, he and, he and Fincher are boys. He doesn't get, like, credits on any of them, but he, he was there. And then he was in uh, Panic Room, the guy uh, across the, the building that they shine the light on. Speaking of not getting credit, evidently Tom Stoppard helped with the entire rewrite of the end of this, so it wouldn't be as violent as it could be. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Now, this is just an awesome shot. This is total Corman. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Where do you get those door knockers, I wonder? 
<laughs> There's a nice knockers joke in there somewhere. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got uh, Harry Potter's uh, uncle. There's, you know what? I, yeah, we do. Yeah, Richard Griffiths. Um, I mean, the the setup of him just arriving in this town, like just random people making out next to a door frame next to him and stuff like that. It's very like there's a lot of Twin Peaks or Twin Peaks are like um yes um what's uh, Blue Velvet in there where it's just like you know seemingly normal even though the atmosphere suggests anything else than that, but you know just stuff lurking underneath, and <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's you know some some Lynchian influences on this one along with the Hammer Horror stuff. Well, and it's like, it's weird. I mean, we didn't live in this time, so we don't know what they did for fun. But this seems like, well, like, what kind of party is this? Yeah. With, the, with those people at the door, and then you see them playing these games. They're like, are they playing, like, just normal social games? Or is this kind of an illicit party? You have no idea. It just kind of sets this unease for his entrance. I want to hear what you have to say about Casper Van Dien now, because I think he's perfectly cast as Brom Bones. No, he's perfect here. It, it, it's something to do with his character's fate, but oh. I was going to talk about it. At oh that time. yeah, that, that seems well. That seems awesome. We'll just put that out there right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I like you get a sense of how these characters work real quick when he's when he's like you haven't told us your name yet. It's like I haven't said it. He walks away. That's just yeah. like, it's great. like I mean, yeah. There's great great interplay with everybody, and he yeah, Casper and Dean is perfect in this part, and it is. I think it's <laughs> partially because he's got this like heroic vibe but you just kind of don't like him his screen presence seems kind of unlikable but he's but you can well, tell he's, like, he's got like, he's made, like, you can tell he's a jock he's johnny rico yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's always johnny rico like there's like it just to me there's like a different version of him that you would root for but he's just lacking that quality that one quality yeah that's fair i can see that, that makes you root for him well it's because christina ricci's there if she wasn't there maybe it'd be different he didn't have a, you know, a person that his girl wasn't talking, that he had, he had if he had no girl to talk, for someone else to talk to, then maybe he wouldn't have to treat people certain ways. I right. do like that every dress for the upper crust women in this movie is like a goth girl's fantasy dress. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's a Burton thing. This and room like... of people is amazing right now. <laughs> we, have, we have Emperor Palpatine, Alfred, uh, Jack Sparrow, <laughs> Dumbledore, I mean, Harry, yes. Harry, Harry Potter's uncle. And this is and McDermott like, had just had episode one. At the oh, and time, Jeffrey so Jones. Was, I forgot Jeffrey Jones. Sorry. Yeah, Jeffrey Jones. How many people are there? There's like three Three of these people are dead, too, right? Gambin's dead. Or not Gambin's dead. Yeah. No, Gambin replaced. A Gambin, that's right. Gambin replaced. Was Richard Harris. Richard Harris. There we go. But God. Wait. Go, go died recently. Yeah. Jeffrey Jones, I mean, well. Jeffrey Jones' career died yeah. <laughs> after he was caught for some stuff. Like you do. A lot of Burton regulars, also. I mean, Depp, Jones, Goth, like, yeah. Ricci. So he did mention that the Widow Winship was decapitated. We, do we see that at all in this movie? Uh, no, we don't see, because we, well, we see the body exhumed from the grave. Ricci, this is the first Burton film. That was wrong. Never mind. Um... <laughs> We counted is the question. We'll get to the end and we'll see how many we have, and then we'll go from there. Okay. We'll yeah. just remember that the widow windship was to count. Ricci and Burton felt like it was just a matter of time before they would hook up. Like she's like got the perfect look for a person in one of his movies, and then he goes and makes her blonde. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to get Wednesday Adams back in the movie again. Right. Wednesday Adams in every movie ever, <laughs> even if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> 
It make Black Snake moan a lot weirder. That's for sure. <laughs> there you go. She was she was like super popular in the '90s, but never in like a lot of big movies. Yeah, people just seem to know who she was. It's one of those kind of cases. All, she's great. She's beautiful. She's this, and then you just never. This is like it was like two Adam Sandler movies, Casper, and then and what like now and then. Like I'm trying to think of like yeah. Christina Ricci. She was, was kind of like the, the Edward Furlong of the '90s, I guess too. Like he was similar. Where was you Furlong know, really popular though? I mean, oh yeah, dude. Look at all the girl magazines. He was all over them. Was he? Okay. And then, yeah. And then he had that like brain scan movie, and then it, it just. In Pet Cemetery 2. Okay, that's enough about Furlong because Christopher Walken just got on screen. <laughs> yes. This was, I didn't know he was in this movie when no. I first saw yeah, it. was a great it surprise. Like, it's like the perfect surprise. And he's playing a flashback of this horseman with no lines. This is very much evocative of uh, Coppola's Dracula, too, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He really seems to like that style. Yeah, of that kind of false. You can tell it's a false background with the silhouettes of the, not, of the bayonets and whatnot. Like, it's just, it's really. Really evocative and very again fits into this kind of comic booky stylized world. Mm-hmm. I can't handle the teeth though. I've never <laughs> been able to handle the teeth. I just can you imagine walking into a restaurant like sitting down? They're just like, I'm just gonna bring you raw meat at this point because that looks like what you're going after. Well, what's what's great about him is I could imagine that guy being like a hand drawn. P- person on like a Tim Burton journal. For if sure. you've ever looked at his like, journals, you can just imagine what it looked like on paper. I like what happens. <laughs> one little girl is like, you know what? Forget you. I, uh. I'm There's a decapitation. 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 There's two. Decapitation. 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 Knock is just, walk is just knocking off heads. I counted two, right? There's three. There's three. And three. He gets it. No, no. There was three before him. There's four. Oh, three. Ah. Decapitation. Decapitation. <laughs> So we're up to six, in case you guys are wondering. Okay. Six. Early 20 minutes in. But see, hey, they, they said heads will roll. roll. They weren't lying. Yeah, heads roll a lot in this movie. I love when Jeffrey Jones' head rolls. It's amazing. It's like a cross. My, my menu even says it doesn't say Sleepy Hollow. It just says heads will roll. Yeah, they're going the um, the um, Edge of Tomorrow route of renaming the movie after yes. the subtitle. <laughs> I, Depp is so fun in this movie. It's like, he's like serious, but like goofy at the same time. He's like playing, he's like constantly scared, yet trying to be professional. It's a, it's like a fantastic performance. Well, he's kind of a jerk too when he gets his little kid counterpart and makes him do like everything, like heavy lifting and like. Well, even to Brom Bones, like when, when Brom Bones asks him, like, hey, what's your name? And he says, I haven't said it yet. Just to like kind of, like he could respond a different way, but he doesn't. It's just like he, he has, yeah, he, he does have these little jerky moments in there. He's like a he, like, he's, he's the big he's a fish out of water like he's the big city guy coming in to investigate some murders <laughs> he's like flagging that up like he's smart we're following him we're following him with this mystery I guess we're rooting for him but he's just kind of a priss yeah exactly he's I'd almost compare him to the the Tom Hanks character in these Da Vinci Code movies except that I don't hate Johnny Depp as much as I hate Professor Know It All in those movies. <laughs> What, you mean like the first five pages of any Dan Brown book where he has to tell him how amazing his <laughs> professor is? Yeah. Nice treehouse. Was this a little town built for the movie? I'm I'd guessing. Ima- I'd imagine so. Let me. I'll check yeah. trivia, but I, 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 I can imagine it. It was built. So, I mean, there are places like this still existed that they could have just rented out to film that they do like 
take you know educational trips go to there and people act out I forgot the horseman's played by Ray Park, so we have we have three Sith Lords in this movie. We have Darth oh, wow. Maul, Darth Sidious, and Darth uh, Duke, Darth Count Duke. Count Dooku. <laughs> Get it, Dracula? <laughs> the deer are like, nope, 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 we're done, we're done. Does it count if we just hear a decapitation? No, we'll see a decapitation. Because <laughs> this one, this is a good one, too. This is like... Oh, yeah. I evidently want to count every decapitation. <laughs> I want to be thorough. Don't get decapitation happy up in here. Not France. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Decapitation! decapitation. <laughs> like the gas, but it's like <laughs> technically a French scientist proved he would have about 14 seconds of blinking actually after the uh, severing. But whatever, it's fine. He can be unmoving. You can like see for like 15 seconds, right? If you want to hear more about these fun facts, watch the film Severance, a fun dark comedy horror film <laughs> featuring uh, a Bond villain, actually, Brandon from Die Another Day, the uh, the bad guy in that movie. Oh, wait, was Severance the one where they go on, like, the work retreat? Yes, exactly, that one. Okay, yes. I saw that, but I'm struggling to remember a lot of details. I've seen it once, and I remember, like, three scenes from it, but I remember being I remember being very in, in, in entertained by it. Yeah, I, I don't remember not liking it, but I'm <laughs> not remembering a lot. Tim Burton and the crew of the movie built the small town Sleepy Hollow complete okay. with rooms, floors, and stairs. The town was dismantled after filming was completed. Aww. They didn't try to make it a theme park, like everything for Hunger Games. <laughs> or The Hobbit. Well, to be fair, New Zealand is really just... They call New Zealand the movie fun house of movie fun houses. <laughs> They're excited. They put, you know, hobbits on the money. That's <laughs> that's amazing. I'd like to think that in another version of the scene, Johnny Depp would stroll up more smugly and have, like, suspenders on and start, like, holding them. It's like, well, 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 <laughs> another big boo murder, huh? That's in uh, Sleepy Holler. Yeah. <laughs> I like how uh, the skin, when he goes, like, to the, the neck where it was decapitated, like, it's just floppy. Yeah. It's very, it's almost, it's very, like, Guillermo del Toro, like, it has a very kind of similar way of handling bodies and autopsy scenes like this, where it's just, like, very straightforward. Obviously, this is a little less fantastical than something like him dissecting a vampire in Blade 2 or something like that. But, but it does feel very, despite the, the coloring and the, you know, the mood of the scene, it does feel very matter-of-fact in how you dissect a body. Yes. See, and he's railing now, never move the body. It did disrupt an investigation. A lot of tri-corner hats, by the way. We need more of that. I'm just... Hear you, hear you. Maybe some bells, some lanterns for your home. <laughs> if your guests are arriving by land... Yeah. Turned back! I feel like he would have been really popular in nightclubs in the 70s. Do Ichabod? Yeah. Do like his little riding horse thing? Cruising. 
I want that bag. Uh, yeah, I like all those little toolkits and things of that nature. It's like it, it's it's over the top, but it's not quite there to make you go, ah, that's too crazy. Like it, it it's it, it works. You understand it. So and then, I mean, and then he puts really, on this. <laughs> yes, I still think this works. I mean, they had some odd things that uses devices throughout history. I remember the uh, like the banners for this movie. They're emphasizing all these little gag oh, yeah. things. Like it was like this is why you should see this because Johnny Depp wears funny like goggles. Johnny Depp, yeah, Johnny Depp wears goggles. <laughs> He's got a bag of potions. Like how the wound was cauterized. If the beetles were going in and out, they were a popular beat bug back then. You know what's funny Your too is, is is knowing the character how Depp is here and and the, the way they try to sell him on the poster like all dead serious. Yeah, <laughs> it's not your father's Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> no, it's exactly. I mean, it looks like he's like some sort of like action hero star, and then you get in the movie, it's like, ah, and even the trailers were selling him as a little, a little bit tippy like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, Brombone's like, that's my girl. I'm gonna console. Yeah. The uh, the boy, uh, young Masbeth. Uh, I had a friend who was like who auditioned for this part. He always tells me about that. Oh. Has he got the call back yet? Not yet. No, he's still waiting on it. Okay. Might be in Sleepy Hollow too. Still hollow. Ooh. <laughs> Less sleepy. Would they? Would they? The hollow would be two Roman numeral Roman numeral eyes, right? Uh, of course, yeah, duh. <laughs> I do like their tombstones. Yeah. Someone had that job. There's probably a credit that says like tombstone carver, <laughs> or like someone styro- probably master of styrofoam. Lost a lot of sweet sleep, a lot of passion put into them. Some tombstones were just wrong and had to be redone. I wonder if somebody took them home. It's like every Halloween now. They have the best house on the block. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's that bridge. I mean, there's a covered bridge they had to build for there's that. There's the windmill. The windmill. <laughs> yeah, there's a windmill they couldn't build on the soundstage because it was too big. Details. Plot twist. <laughs> I think he takes off his wig to get this point across. It's like, by the way, it's hot wearing this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just so you're not laughing at me while I'm telling you this. Hey, those wigs are hot. Especially in Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> he goes for the uh, the bushy porcupine look. <laughs> I think that's what... later replaced with the baseball cap. I think uh, Madonna in the 80s also went for the bushy porcupine look. Is that too much? Is that like a far (laughs) reach? (laughs) We'll take it. I really like that he goes to young Maz with basically, you're hired! And the kid's like, wait, okay. Sure, that'll work. See, now we're seeing bodies that have heads removed from them. But we're counting the action of decapitations. They're not decapitations, they're already decapitated. It's in the past sense. We didn't count the widow winship. <laughs> I know, I know. We'll counter at the end. 
Is this well? No, Sweeney Todd. But what, are there any other R-rated t- t- Tim Burton movies between this and or besides um, this and uh, Sweeney Todd since this movie? Was this one rated R? I think yeah, this is PG thirteen. This is R. Yeah, there's head, there's blood everywhere. This, yeah, this is rated R. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I thought it was. It, there's there's graphic decapitations, Ren, and it's an R-rated movie. <laughs> okay. But if there was singing, it might be okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Sweet Side was a hard R. Dude, that was terrifying. Yeah. That's right. We're just going to have pies with toes. It's fine. It's cool. Meanwhile, you see the stage play, and you're like, that's kind of charming, actually. They, you know the MPA hates the color red. Of course this is rated R. <laughs> Ed Wood was rated R. Yeah, Ed Wood was rated R. That There you go. Not many, I guess, though, which is a little bit surprising, actually. He's a master of PG-13. Yeah, verily. With Batman. Oh, Batman Returns, which basically is R, just isn't. Yes. <laughs> the Batman movie. Yeah, I guess not as big, I, I wonder if Big Eyes is going to be rated R or not. No, it's PG-13. It's already rated. Let's see, yeah. Ed Wood. And that's for language. That's that's it. Yeah, huh? Yeah. I like how he's looking through his guidebooks, like, all right, where do I start? I like that, well, beyond the fact that this is the first of many times that Johnny Depp gets covered in blood, um, with the simple, like, I'm going to make a tiny incision and then, like, an eruption happens. The next scene in this movie is just him, like, just completely bathed in blood, which makes me laugh to no extent. <laughs> right here. Like, what? <laughs> he's just covered in it. Like... You, kept, you kept picking at it, didn't you? He's going through the guidebooks, and it's like he has no concept of the female reproductive organs, if you're looking at that. But he can figure that part out, that she was with child, so that's good. I I do like that he says, we're dealing with a bad man. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll get to this, but I do like what the overall goal of the horse, or why the horseman exists is. I do think that was a very clever way of how to handle a story like this, but we'll get there, I guess. And then the frog saying Ichabod is a reference back to the original Disney cartoon thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. So it's like, this whole sequence is, really, this is like that. Yeah. <laughs> this is basically, this, the whole this, story. this is the whole Washington Irving story and the whole, like, Disney cartoon right here. And I believe that Toad that was saying Ichabod, his name is Mr. Toad. So it really ties together, I think. <laughs> Pumpkin. Is it the trailer shot where it's like pumpkin head into the camera? I think so. That has to be it, right? So it's like trailer, Sleepy Hollow. I want to know who carves the pumpkins for him. I think Burton just has a guy in all of his movies that just like is his professional carver. No, I meant the horseman in general. Like, do you think oh. he gets his his craft on? Like he's on Pinterest. Well, no, this like, is well, this is well, this isn't the horseman. This isn't the horseman. This is just Brombones being a dick. Well, then, yeah, where the does he get his, his ideas? Brom, well, that's why it's unfortunate that Brom Bones doesn't get more to do outside of being a jerk, because clearly he's a professional craftsman and, a, you know, a carpenter and probably had a great future ahead of him before the events of this film happened. <laughs> by the way, probably hurts to get hit by a flaming pumpkin while you're riding on a horse somewhere, yeah. right? Depends how, how long ago they carved that pumpkin. If it was, like, you know, a couple weeks or, you know, a month, pretty fresh those pumpkin. things smash pretty easy. Yeah, it didn't look like a moldy pumpkin. I mean, it had to hold its shape while being on fire. Do you think, you know, it's funny, it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll dress up the horseman, throw a pumpkin at him. And he started, he's like, no, 
I should carve the pumpkin. Nope, we're gonna have to wait an hour. You you carve that pumpkin, bring it back. They were. He was big. Okay, here's some here's some colors that aren't <laughs> the that aren't the three in this movie. <laughs> this stuff I remember being creepy. Actually, this is when I saw this in theaters. Like, well, this is different and just weird. And then like the later stuff happens. It's also weird. The the coloring looks very much like um, going back to the Corman with like Mask of Red Death and stuff like the palette of like the '60s. That's fair and. And obviously, I mean, Burton himself is inspired by all of that and Vincent Price and Hammer Horror and stuff. And, I mean, the same thing goes with, like, Edward Scissorhands, where it's, like, this weird juxtaposition between having the Tim Burton world mixed with the suburbanite world. And and Lisa Marie fits, too, because she, she kind of looks like an actress, like, her time, she could have been, like, a superstar back then, just her look and stuff, and she, like, kind of passed her time, kind of evokes like an older era she feels like she looks like an alien honestly that's like all I was oh, yeah. which makes sense for mars attacks especially but i mean she always reminds me of not reminds but she always something just the way uh burton kind of costumes her and everything like mm-hmm. she make it really emphasizes the size of her head because i do think her head's kind of big um and just she has she has very expressive eyes she just kind of looks very especially in this film covered in powdered wigs and very traditional garments and everything you just have this kind of Near, nearly otherworldly creature that happens to be in the film now, and it's, that's the impression I get. Because I never had a knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> Not much reaching in the film, so it's like the second scene with her like talking. And yeah, it is weird that they like made her blonde for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like that she's like pointing out, yeah, my stepmom, she's kind of the nurse. She kind of has issues. <laughs> yeah, I love that fake look, fake uh, matte look at the out the window shadows. Yeah, just the old school. The, it's the it's just great world building, really. It just mm-hmm. yeah, it feels. It's not that this town feels like it's a real town, it just feels like it exists in a world that could, you know, work in some kind of level of reality. It's, it's yeah, it's fantasy storybook. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, you you just get a good sense of that world. And... Her room's also remarkably different from everybody else's in this, in this movie, too. Like, it's, you know, it has wallpaper, <laughs> and it's blue. Let alone how she's dressed, like she's wearing, like you know, like a, is that like a teal turquoise? And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very anti Christina Ricci. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For this, I mean, maybe that was his point. But... She's it... like really, really short too in real life, right? Oh yeah. And that's kind of, maybe that hampers I mean, some of her casting. Yeah, Jeff's not tall either, so yeah. With, yeah. with her barely reaching up to him, yeah, she's she's like tiny. She's like Seth Greenswall. Yeah. Which means like three feet. Yeah, like she's like, she's under Depp, and Depp's no, you know, Depp's no giant. So like she's right. got to be pretty short. Kind of a flashback. If you ever go to the Sunnydale High School yearbook that they put out for Buffy the Vampire Slayer years and years ago, mm-hmm. the front cover, Seth Green looks like a normal height. <laughs> if you flip the book, there, he's standing on an actual box that they forgot to Photoshop out. <laughs> so he's around everyone else, and he's just kind of like, hey, look, I'm normal. No, there's a box. 
Because he was like yeah. 30 and everybody else was in their early 20s. The Archer. Yet not drinking or cavorting. This and Bringing Out the Dead were the last movies to be released on Laserdisc. Oh, wow. The last movie that my dad would shake the entire house with when he discovered he could do surround sound with the laser disc. <laughs> Please flip to side B. Every Star Trek movie he could get. Every Star Trek movie. I love all the, the Blu-ray for this. The loading screen is this, right? The flipping of the bird. Flipping of the bird. The loading screen is, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, it's the, the old flipping of the bird, yeah. Yes. I, this is one of the early Blu-rays released. I, I worked on it when it was coming out. But I remember that, that being the loading screen, and I thought that was pretty neat. Old white men arguing. <laughs> Who could be looking this window? Michael Goff really needs to, you know, bathe his hair. Yeah, he really, like, everyone else has a fancy wig, and he has, like, a mullet. It's like, yeah, what's he's, happening? He's <laughs> got, like, the primitive mullet going on. He's cl he's clearly the frontiersman of the group here. <laughs> Winona Ryder was offered the part, which makes a ton of sense, but she turned yes. it down. <laughs> it wasn't a good time in 99 for her. I think she was turning down a lot of movies. She got She did Girl Interrupted. Girl, was that 99 when she did that? Uh, I think it came out in 2000, but I, I mean, okay. it's around that time. Okay. Oh, is this is this still pre her shoplifting? Yeah, that yeah. was that was okay. Like, that I was, was thinking like, that was around this time. That was, it was like just after, probably that was like after. after Mr. Deeds, I think. That was like 2000. Okay. Oh no, I thought Mr. Deeds was like her first one after. after. That, no, that's yeah, that's the case. Okay, so it was like 2001 ish then, I guess probably. Okay. Okay. It's like two. So. She would have worked in this movie <laughs> easily. Yeah, I mean, she, you know, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, Edward Scissorhands. I mean, I mean, that's what he's going for with Christina Ricci with the blonde hair is that same sort of vibe that... It's, well, it's innocence. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a good witch. Yeah, exactly. I mean... It's... More just great. I mean, if you like, if you like, put like a couple, a couple more degrees to the left, and you have a, like a straight horror movie that's like really scary, <laughs> right? Do we have another one coming out? So excited! Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> and that's a good one. Yeah, the swirl, the swirl on top. Spinning around decapitation. Can you imagine the pre-production planning and like trying to figure out how many different ways to show decapitations and things to do? That would be and fun. I, I can only imagine that De that Burton on the day was like, "Let's have the head roll in Johnny Depp's crotch." Like, I feel yes. like that was just like a mouth right at him. Oh God! Is this considered like a fairy? Like this story? Is this considered like a fairy tale or just like a short story? Or like what would you call this? Like I guess next to the realm of things like Beauty and the Beast and like actual like 
and like fairy tale. I mean, what was like the lesson learned from the Headless Horseman? Good question. Yeah, because I don't know what that would be. Because that would kind of take it out of the fairy tale realm. There's no. Well, like the grim fairy tales, I don't know, yeah. necessarily have like a lesson. Well, the grim fairy tales are also designed to keep women from acting out against their horrible husbands. Yeah, I mean they're they're I guess cautionary tales, and I don't know what the cautionary. To stay inside at night. <laughs> don't cause problems. That, don't gather outside. If that, someone talks about a headless horseman, believe them. That I guess the staying inside doesn't really help because we'll get to the helpless family that happens later on in this movie. But... This is a pretty iconic shot here with her floating, floating and stuff. But you know. Yeah, I can see this in the Burton sizzle reel. You know what yeah. shot I hate most in movies? This one. <laughs> Any movie where it's like... And Big, Fi- Big Fish almost wins me over because it has a scene where, like, McGregor and... Um, is it Carter or who is it? So I don't know. Someone's spinning around. And then, like, Steve Buscemi's, like, running in the background of it, which makes me laugh quite a bit because, like, it's kind of playing on this spinning camera shot so thing. So if Eva Green did this role in a remake, she would just be naked right now. Oh, right there. Yeah. I, I'm not talking about the spinning cam- the, the still shot of her twisting up. No, yeah, no, yeah, the spinning like. levity. Yeah, no, that, that I get. I'm just saying also in that scene is, you know, spinning yeah. shot, which I hate <laughs> in general. Definitely, you're not allowed to be an artist in this time period. No drawing in the ash. I know you were practicing for the Lion King, but... <laughs> And these traps are pit in a pendulum. Easily. Okay. Oh, yeah. And again, creepy as hell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's nasty. He won't be fobbed off. Just say it. No fobbing. I kind of want to get one of those little spinner things now and just be like... Sitting at my desk, all agitated. Marlon Brando was sought out as the Hessian Horseman. That that would have been a very big horseman. Yeah. Whew. Probably kill three horses trying to ride in. Maybe you would ride all three horses at the same time. He's not supposed to eat the heads. <laughs> no, oh. no, but Duvall would deli- Robert Duvall would deliver them later on. Oh, okay. You think it's like a pattern to like we need like a kid sidekick? You think that's like a thing we just like feel like we need to do, or that just kind of works its way into this movie? Well, um, I think it it just I think it's uh, a good contrast because you have a kid who's brave and not afraid of anything, doesn't think anything of it, with this adult man who's supposed to be the crime guy, the forensics figuring out this mystery, who's scared of everything. It's a good way to look at it. I like how the horse looks like it's in a Maybelline commercial. Yeah. <laughs> One point in time, it's it like nice threw its head here. back. Plus, uh, plus the movie gives us the sense that this kid sidekick, like a lot of times when you have a kid in the movie, you're like, okay, he's safe, it's a kid. But they give us a sense of vulnerability for him because later on they're going to kill a kid in the movie. So that means, you know, oh, they're, they're not that's killing, a sign of... They do kill a kid in the movie. Well, I meant, well, well, I meant we're yeah, not at the point in the movie where he's... Dead. I, I saying yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, in the yeah. movie. They're gonna kill a kid, 
And that makes, you know, that's a sign in a movie, you know, saying, hey, everybody's fair game here. And so this little sidekick of his is then, you know, he could he could be off at any point. So it creates a little more suspense for his side of the story as and well. And also Child Human Shield. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this being the only part in the movie that really scared me other than the teeth on the Hestian. But... Mostly because I could not figure out for the life of me what was really happening when I was, like, much younger. I think it actually is played for horror, this scene. I mean, it while, you know, Depp's doing his thing here, I mean, it. He, this is a... It's another otherworldly experience for this film. It takes a break from the town and goes into this, like, weird environment underneath some, you know, tree thing. And it's <laughs> So, watching Disney's Brave when they go into, like, the little cavern thing under the tree this uh, is the only thing i could think of and i'm going don't trust her don't <laughs> trust her you know this kind of reminds me of um that would be uh, <laughs> what was the what was the creature for some reason i'm reminded of this scene uh the creature in hellboy 2 that guillermo del toro uses when uh she takes hellboy to be saved oh like the angel of death or the angel of death yeah it kind think. of reminds me Kind of reminds me of that the vibe and stuff. If somebody's chained themselves to the table, you know it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I like that she's just really helpful. This is kind of like watching Rachel Ray Cook. It's exactly like it. <laughs> Except there's no EVOO. There's, I think there's a garbage bowl though. There's less blood. Or a bat. This is a nasty little close-up on that bat. <laughs> it reminds you that bats are like the ugliest animal. <laughs> it had it coming. It was selling drugs to children. <laughs> That's her bat disposal button, by the way. There you go. <laughs> so they, the, when, during in the summers, the kids combined they bought for bat carcasses in that pool. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne is always the first to arrive. He he used to bring Jack and. Uh, Kelly. And Kelly. <laughs> and the unknown, older sibling that hides yeah, and refuses that. to be on the show who's smart. Very smart. Yeah, it's obviously, I mean, it's an yeah. easy jump, but it works. Like That, not so much. Not anymore, but still. Yeah. It's like, I didn't, I didn't see that coming to begin with. <laughs> so. Got some teeth in this one, too. Like the purple color of her hands. Yeah. It's very Evil Dead, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I kind of like the the CG. And yeah. This is this is 99, and later on, but the CG was about the equivalent of the Drag Me to Hell Drag uncut Hell. version. Which was, I mean, purposeful. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I know what you're saying, for sure. Anyone else notice that the kid has all the equipment on his horse? Oh yeah, <laughs> Deb's made, Deb has an easy ride. I don't know if we missed that line yet or not, but they have to like go to the tree of the dead at some point. Yeah, and they say, and he says like, "How do we? How do we identify? How do we know which it is?" And it's like rather easily. I'm afraid that's my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Movie's got humor. The 
Jeff's packing. Let's see. Let's see what he's doing. I feel like you see a white horse in the woods. You can only be one person, but he's, you know, convinced. <laughs> like, what's he pointing? They're like, who could it be? Who else would it be? Did they film this in the fall, or did they have to put all these leaves down themselves? They probably had to put it down themselves, I have to guess. <laughs> I think actually Dang. the woods are all on soundstage, so they can okay. all the lighting and ah, stuff. Ah, there you go. It's too perfect. But that cleanup crew must have hated it so much. With that and the horses. That's a poop joke. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good horse movie, by the way. Yeah. I mean, outside of westerns, you don't really make note of, like, good horse movies, but I think this is a pretty good horse movie. There's a lot of horse action taking place in this movie. I read somewhere that Christopher Walken didn't actually know how to ride a horse when he was cast. He only dances. He doesn't ride. <laughs> he dances like a professional. I love this reveal. It's, like, goopy and gross and... Oh my god, this scene, like, kills me. It's like, it is another example of, like, Depp does something, like, very simple and gets immediately sprayed with blood. <laughs> to be fair, though, couldn't you just harvest this tree and then we would never have to do a blood drive again? <laughs> He's gonna give a double take, too, when it, like... That one right there. <laughs> he kind of looks and he's like, really? More blood. <laughs> and then every other look is just him being slightly pissed off at the fact that this is happening to him. Gotta keep hitting me in the face. And I like that he has Where's like... That, where'd that squirt come from? That did not come from... I, <laughs> that's like Burton looking at him and yes. squirting blood at him and like making faces at him as he goes along. I love how pale he is in this movie so the blood just really... Oh, really yeah. Shows. Yeah, for sure. Do you think they have blood squirt guns? Definitely. I mean, I feel like if anything, Sam Raimi came on to set this day and was just like, I'm just going to squirt the actors with blood if you don't mind. Sam, you want to come squirt Depp with blood? Oh, yeah. You think Burns like a prankster? Like, I know Raimi's a, like, he likes to have fun with his cast. You think Burns that way? Or you think he's too concerned with getting the look right? Um. You think he's a playful director? You think you get that? I think he's playful, but I don't think he, I, I, I don't know about practical jokes. I, yeah, he's be probably a fun, and he probably listens. I think he probably he's. I, I feel like he's one of those has who has a strong vision, but he's also like willing to listen to others. Like it's what I kind of. He's from. probably that way more with. He's probably more playful with people like Depp and Bonham Carter. Yeah. Who you know he's obviously best friends slash married to or you know heavily involved or not married heavily involved with. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet him and Jack Nicholson had fun. Well, yeah, I mean, we totally talked about this in the Batman commentary, yeah. where, like, Jack Palance was, like, intimidating Jim Timber, and while Jack Nicholson was, like, rooting for him to be, like, in charge. Even Keaton, he's probably having to... I mean, Keaton's a... Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he Beetlejuice. I mean, they had, they, play, they had plenty of fun together. Or, like, Paul Rubens. Like, just people with, you know, his kind of sense... Like, his sense of humor, which... Right. I, I did, I, we kind of skipped over, but I like that shot where like the heads all pop out at the same. It's very it's yeah, a, that's it's what, great, yeah, that's what I was talking about. It's weird and 
It's almost like it's like a it's almost like a Spielberg shot, like in Raiders, like when the skeletons all start kind of. Moving. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like a Spielberg shot. Do you briefly look at the sword and think Thundercats, or is that just me? <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I totally saw that. Who made this door a lot easier for me to come out of? You think they ever consider like a Batman suit up scene for the horseman? <laughs> it's just an intro shot of him. <laughs> Cape, butt, nipples, sword, lack of helmet. Clipping or clipping cap. cape to, cape on neck that doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Brahms ready. And here we go, a very nightmarish scene. Yep. yep. Well, yeah, because of this lantern. This lantern creeped me out, too. I remember that. Hmm, I'm about time to go to bed. I want to light my witch lantern. Hey, look, now my whole room looks haunted. It doesn't help it. that this looks like the nicest family in the town. This, this, this is probably like the nicest people. <laughs> They're gonna be the ginger cool. family? Yeah, the gingers. Well, clearly, they must be destroyed. There's this is coming from a ginger. There's John and Betty Ginger, and there's little Sammy Ginger. Sammy, Gin Sammy Ginger Jr., as he likes to be called. Come on, man, we're a rare breed. Quit killing us. Look, there's Satan and the kitty cat that's really mad, and the there's witch. A, there's an octopus that fits. Yes. <laughs> we have bread and like, apples for dinner tonight. Apple, yeah. They're all out of molasses. Worthless knowledge. In Victorian times, they would often make bread with plaster to make it cheaper. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Not that that fits Chair. in this movie at all. Oh, but, that didn't you know. work. I was close, Beth, Betty. As far as making up names goes. The chair didn't work. How about this? Fire poker! Well, you know, when uh, anytime somebody breaks into my house... There goes supper. <laughs> I do like that the horseman is a fine hand-to-hand -hand combat combatsman. The, yeah, and there are there's like three really good creepy shots in this one. One's that yeah, oh. obviously. The next is like the wife standing in the corner with like helpless. Decapitation. And then the next is obviously the the head of the wife onto the floor as the kid looks at looking him. at him in the eyes. Which is pretty awful. Even this is good too like if he just he just walks in with the kind of the movement of the lantern and he's holding the head. Like this this is just a straight horror scene. This is just good stuff. Mm -hmm. That looks like um, Michael Fassbender right there, by the way. Don't ever say that. <laughs> Same. What, shame on me? <laughs> <laughs> I already had to see him blind. There you go. Oh, two. Decapitation. Sad decapitation, though. Off-screen decapitation coming next. Do we have to count this one? We gotta count it. Yep. He does it. We count we as a half. count the Widow Winship. <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back to that. <laughs> she counts, man. She's important. As long as you remember, we'll know. Obviously, it takes the horseman a while to think of things, like forgetting that there's another person he's supposed to take because he has no head. Wait a minute. Did I leave the gas on? 
You think there was ever a version where they're like, we got to show the kid getting decapitated? <laughs> <laughs> you think Tim Burton went to Paramount fighting for that scene? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How about not? You're getting an NC-17, Tim. But no, they won't know if... I like that uh, Johnny Rico's going for the sniper rifle. He there just you go. in the bag, so I'm counting. Really great at close range. He is pretty good at close range. He's pretty cool. He makes it work for him. I like his scope. Yeah. He's also a really good shot, which is a shame. I'll tell you, he's a man of many talents. And this is... <laughs> I like that smug look on his face. He's like, got him, guys. Threat's over. Oh, no. I didn't get him after all. <laughs> this is one of the great movie deaths. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like how Brom doesn't get it either. He's like, I don't, I don't want to fight you. Stop it. <laughs> all right, if you insist. And, and he has the knife. He's like, all right, here's your knife back. Oh, ow. Stop fighting me. Go away. This is the best three-way fight Johnny Depp's involved with until Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. Right. It's just an awesome shot when he gets it. Oh, yeah, when he gets in the... uh... Right there. And see, now, like, the horse was pissed off. It's like, God, like, guys, come on. Like, I was trying to be cool. I got what I came for. Well, I hope you're happy. <laughs> During this fight, Casper Van Dien broke his hand. Or he broke his index finger on his hand. He didn't tell anybody. It's the least of his worries. Yeah. He also broke his torso. Yep. This was awesome. And I, okay, what I was going to say is, I was actually shocked by that death. Yeah? Because at this time in 1999, they were still trying to sell us on Casper Van Dien. Well, yeah, Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tarzan, he was. Like City of the Something or Others or something like that. So we, we can't count that as a decapitation, right? No, it was a. No. <laughs> but. Right down the middle. But I thought, yeah, I thought he, I didn't expect him to go out that early, and maybe not early, but just to go out, because, I mean, he was a supposed star back then. Now it's like, oh, whatever, but at the time in 99, I was pretty surprised by him getting it there. I thought maybe he'd make it to a final battle if he got killed. But... Tarzan and the Lost City. Got it. <laughs> we all remember going to see that one, right? No? Twice. By the way, Ray Park, 1999, he gets chopped in half in Phantom Menace, and he just chopped a guy in half in this movie. This is, oh, wow, good correlation. With the Emperor present. With the Emperor present, yeah. <laughs> Do you think they were on, like, episode one, they're like, oh, sh- you, when you go into, when you flying in for Sleepy Hollow, oh, I don't know. I think they're filming X-Men, they're like, how can we get Toad to cut some guy in half in that movie? <laughs> Not by lightning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would trust Christina Ricci in the kitchen as she just cut off a crow's foot and put it in this that now she's planning to give to him to drink. You know, classic uh, the, the Ricci touch, as they call it. 
add spice. Totally works. Totally works. Just trust me. Is is that a, is that a foot? Just go with it. Just. The amount of TV movies that Johnny Rico, Casper Van Dien, starred in is staggering, because it's mostly all of them. Didn't he start doing religious movies too? Oh yeah, he's a big in the uh, the. Like Omega Code and the Omega Code Two, yes, something like that. He's big in the uh, the he follows me on Twitter. He's a good guy. Like he, he's like really positive. That's for sure. And he came back for Starship Troopers directed video sequels. He came back for the third one for Marauder. Marauder. Right? And he came back for the um, one of the uh, the um, animated movies. Okay. Did anybody look at this torture room and think Medieval Times dinner and tournament? I I I constantly wish they'd have more of this stuff in Medieval Times. If the Green Knight doesn't do his job, then he gets punished. <laughs> well, they have that like secret side room you can go to where they explain torture to you. Mm. See, that's nasty. <laughs> like... My question is, how did all the blood stay in there before the door opened? Different times. That's the. That's what I have. That's what I got for that. <laughs> or it's an exaggerated memory slash nightmare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like mine better. Different times. Different times. Blood just doesn't flow like it used to. And this is sort of a sort of a science versus faith movie. Yeah. With you know. uh, for sure, I mean, Depp's, he's vehemently opposed to the idea of mystical yeah. things until he sees, you know, what the horseman's capable of. I mean, it's symbolic of the little, you know, twisty thing he has, too, where it's an illusion, not real, where he constantly has the, the bird and the cage outside from each other, and they come together, but it's not, it's not real. There's a trick to it, and that's what he, you know, assumes is with the headless horseman. But in one of the initial scenes, when there's the Bible, he does put his book of scientific works on top of the Bible, like in the very beginning. I mean, he's mm -hmm. preaching at the beginning of the movie about how the, the, the 19th century is upon us and technology is advancing and things of that nature. Yeah. And he does have his own bird in a cage at the beginning, too. There's he a lot to go back. He sets it free, yeah. No, yeah, this yeah. Movie, there's well, plenty of stuff has been, has been thought out in this movie. It's impressive. Yeah. It's Burton at his best. Next would be Planet of the Apes. Burton near his worst. Yep. Yeah. Where we were all ex I was excited for that movie. Oh, yeah, I mean, he was really excited. Well, because he hadn't steered us wrong. He was coming off of this, and it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he hadn't steered us wrong to this point. I mean, granted, not everyone likes Mars Attack, necessarily, but besides that, that's like an outlier during that early burn time. Maybe that. Uh, yeah, I, I I always like Mars Attack, so I, like, I, like <laughs> I can't Mars follow Attack. that crowd. But, yeah, I, I do know it wasn't well-received. Gratuitous... Man shot, chest open scene. I do have the cleavage that we get in this movie. It's mostly Miranda Richardson's. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get some of Depp's non-cleavage right now, too. Yeah, if there, yeah. if there's one thing people wanted back in 1999, it was Depp's pale, hot body. <laughs> <laughs> get, get that V on that neck as far down as you can. Get the wife of the astronaut's husband. Oh, nice. I had to reverse that around, but I got it. <laughs> You know, you know, Burton, um, there's a great thing said about him on the, uh, I think it's the, the, the Batman, was it Batman Forever, uh, 
little featurette on the the special edition where like you know he wanted to do Batman he wanted to do Batman Forever so bad but it was the studio that convinced him you know to let it go and do, bring someone else in and they said that you know well you know we'd always like to see what he would could have done with Batman I think we got a better something better out of him we would have never got some of these movies great movies that he did if he had done more Batman. And at the same time, you might have gotten better things out of Jill Schumacher if he hadn't done Batman movies. This is true. This is true. That said, I do think Tigerland and Phone Booth are among his best movies, which came after Batman. No, Tigerland's very, Tigerland's very good. Um, I haven't, I've seen Phone Booth twice, but I'm not, not in many years, but I, I like, liked it. I like Phone Booth a lot. I think, I think Colin Farrell is terrific in that movie. No, he, he, he gave us Colin Farrell pretty much. He got Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah, yeah for Tigerland, and, yeah. Tigerland and Minority Report, and they got back together with, uh, phone booth but yeah um in in you know i i kind of like saying almost fire it doesn't hold up the more i watch it but i'm, I'm just saying i'm like post uh the batman pills or shit yeah post batman okay but we did eight millimeter which that's a movie yeah we, we talked about so is um phantom of the opera <laughs> yeah. oh oof. but yeah um but no, yeah, I think it was best that Burton didn't continue because he was sold on the idea he was going to keep making Batman movies. And I think they they had to talk him down at Warner Brothers. I mean, I'd certainly be interested to see where. I mean, if anything, he was going to make like a trilogy out of him, right? Just like in kind of. I think he was playing like kind of doing maybe what the Nolan, you know, Batman movie, my own movie, Batman movie, my own movie. But but I mean, in terms of kind of the arc of Batman and his in Batman and then Batman Returns, it seemed like the third one would have been a, f- a finale of sorts. I want to know who got cast. Yeah, possibly. We're just going to throw things into the back of a wagon. <laughs> I need you to just be really good with manual labor. Can you throw a crate? I, I, I'm sure, I assume they have, like, colonial extras. They just go to Colonial Williamsburg and they're like, hey! Yeah, they raid Ren Fairs and job? things of that nature. And they're also actors, so you know they were complaining about doing it on the second take. My arm's hurting! <laughs> I always like that shot. Michael Cobb just in a closet. There's <laughs> all these like books around. It's like, who's reading all this? Well, Take some time. Not him, since yeah. he's evidently yeah. blind in one eye. <laughs> I do like that Michael Goff not only came out of retirement to do this movie, but decided to wear like a crazy wig, a glass eye, who knows what kind of costuming garments he's had got on going on. He like really went all out to be. This is like his last live action movie and everything too. So. It's Tim Burton. It's his buddy. Yeah. Very smoky room they're in, by the way. <laughs> Full of atmosphere. <laughs> Jeez. We need more dry ice. <laughs> they have these fog scents now that you can put into your fog machines that smell like Slaughterhouse. Oh, good. Yeah, mm. I, I don't really understand why that's a good idea. They also have gasoline, so if you have somebody with a chainsaw effect... I mean, it's good for the haunted house the one time of year that you need it, but... Can <laughs> you imagine you just start leaving the slaughterhouse scent in people's houses? Oh, now I can. Yeah, I mean, that's a great crank. Like, what is that? You know. <laughs> the local meadery. 
people decide they don't want to come to your house anymore. You decide this was the best plan ever. (laughs) (laughs) I think we need more waistcoats in society. Waistcoats? Well, I mean, uh, Brandon and I have seen Ichabod wear them weekly on Sleepy Hollow. He pulls it off well. It's a good look. See, we, we need to bring that back, though, for general society. It's a good look. I also watch way too much BBC, so that might be yeah, a Yeah, plenty, plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. That helps. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is, like, trying to do it with Sherlock. He's, you know... Well, see, now they've kind of replaced the whole waistcoat thing with trench coats. Yeah, but his is, you know... Well, it's British, I guess, so it's... Well, it's cold there, so... I do like this very incriminating uh, piece of, like, war career, where it's just like, all signs point to this. You shouldn't be reading this, by the way. These are just words I wrote down. It doesn't help. I love this look on his face. (laughs) It's the kind of thing that works like only in movies where where it's like, (laughs) if anybody gave that look in real life is like, you you wouldn't like go away from the fact that you just made that look. You'd like address like, why did you look at me like that? Instead, it's just like, oh, I mean, it's, that was like one of my problems with like the first season of Dexter where like Dexter would constantly like mumble under his breath things that are very incriminating. And then like people be like, what? It's like, oh, nothing. He just say like, oh, maybe I'll go take him out later, forever. And he's like, what'd you just say? He's like, I was just gonna take out the trash later, forever. Like it's just like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> Come on, the t- like, a spider came out and he crawled on top of the, the thing. I like the kids just like, yeah, okay. Fans of Supernatural will not be weirded out. It's not what the evil eye looks like. That's just, that's a rookie mistake, really. It's, It's just his bad. All right. We did an old alcoholic with flannel and a baseball cap. (laughs) We'll have this solved in five minutes. Just get some cute guys... Maybe a British dude to cause problems for good. <laughs> I do like that. There's just still plenty of mystery in this movie. Like it, you like it because you're. It's very upfront about the fact that there's a headless horseman around and he's chopping up people's heads. But the why of it is still like something that it it begin, continues to be engaging throughout this movie. Like it does a good job of making it a murder mystery plot within this gothic horror film directed by Tim Burton. Much like Andrew Kevin Walker does. I mean, Seven doesn't necessarily work because of, like, who the killer is, just the fact that there is a killer. Yeah. And this is very similar in that respect. Kinky. And killer's beside the point. It's yeah. the method and the, the drive that's the important thing. And and the, the fun of 
solving the mystery. Looks like Jeffrey Jones is going to Cougar Town right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. That's not. That, a... that sounds like a terrible plan. Well, yeah. let me smear it on you. I guess maybe he's into that. He's going to Cougar Town. <laughs> Cougar blood fetish town. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think we need to see that. Anyway. Johnny Depp looks like me when I was 14 and people were explaining sex to me. <laughs> I was a very sheltered child. For crying out loud, my grandma told my mom that chickens had babies because they got pecked on the, their heads. That's... Yeah. Anyway. Got a big bustle going on on this one. That's a Wednesday Adams look right there. Giving you the evil eyes. So go with the evil eye. The not evil eye? Yeah. Casper Van Dien gained 30 pounds for this role. Oh, wow. Why? I don't know. He lost like about seventy. Is that what he's saying? Is that what he's saying? That he, yeah, I gained thirty pounds for the role. I, uh, yeah. His, his name was Brom Bones. Hmm. We've been going on a long time without any decapitations. Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. Plot development. Come on. We get this line though. A curse today. Yes. Rear that horse. Rear it hard, I say. See, anytime I've been on a horse, that's exactly what I don't want it to do. <laughs> there seems to be an abundance of apples in this town, too. Yeah, they're in, you know, apple country. I'm sure the Sleepy Hollow annual Apple Pie Festival is probably a, a highlight of the year for them. Of course, that's in the summer months, not months where people get their heads chopped off viciously. Don't show me your gaping wound, lady. I'm trying to not throw up. <laughs> oh, she's just like, you know I did something wrong. It's kind of like she's encouraging him to talk to her. It's like, you know it's kinky. Let's go. That was the nicest GTFO ever. <laughs> is it surprising that Timothy Spall isn't in this movie? No, oh, yeah, he'd be perfect. Doesn't seem like he fits right in here. It's like one of the sleazy guys. <laughs> was he being used a lot at the time? That's a good question. I can look. That. I don't think he was... Maybe not. Well, he was in a lot of Mike Lee movies. Maybe he was still trying to hold up the not doing blockbuster films type deal. <laughs> Before he signed on for Harry Potter. I do like her dress right there. It's very cleavage-tastic. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's the violet and everything. So. 
think 90% of my comments tonight have been like, that costume is awesome. Colleen Atwood, she does good work. Wait, Horseman killed his stepmother. No, he didn't. Spoiler alert. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen, I've seen this many times. Let's see. I just really want to count things. <laughs> Yeah, Timothy Spall is still in, like, Indieville when this movie's coming out. Gotcha. Even after this, he was in, like, Rockstar and Vanilla Sky, A Voice in Chicken Run, Nicholas Nickleby with Sons of Anarchy star Charlie Hunnam. Su uh, global superstar Char Charlie Hunnam. Sorry, yeah. Apocalypse Canceler, Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> I do like this church thing. You can't cross it. That's it, pretty traditional. It, yeah, for sure. It's supposed yeah. to be like the bridge you can't cross either, like in the, the original story, like you can't cross the bridge. Yeah, because you're not mm. supposed to be able to go over running water. There, Yeah, there yeah. you go. But this movie's like all over it. Today in pointless knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of murder in this scene, by the way. Oh, yeah. Double cross. Get some shots, some hits to the head. I do really like that he blatantly says, you, you can't come in here, quit freaking out about it. And they're like, no, we have to protect ourselves. I do like how in how much ingenuity the horse manages to have in, in getting his target. That hurt. That hurt. See, never use a cross as a weapon. That goes for everyone. The townspeople must be always like, "What's happening with the elders?" <laughs> <laughs> like we got a we got a supernatural guy outside. We got like all kinds of squirming going on inside. This is pretty awesome, though. Igabod's like, I don't know what's going on. That's a bloody one. I love, yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Well, not nowhere, but... Well, I mean, but yeah, you're still like, what's the horseman doing? And then you get it, it's like, oh, I get it. And then even this is like, <laughs> he's like dragging him completely out just so he can get the head ready. In perfect position. Yeah. Oh, I've got the clicker. Do it. Do it. Decapitation! Oh, uh, watch your father get decapitated. And as far as the mystery goes, you're still kind of like, wait, so who's, like, so many people are dead? Like, who's who's the perpetrator here? And it's obviously pointing its hands at Christina Ricci. I don't remember being too, I guess, caught up in who the who was responsible for this when I originally watched it. So I don't, I don't know what the reaction was. To like, are we supposed to think that Christina Ricci is the one behind it all?
What room is this, by the way? Is red room? Red room. It's, yeah, it's like Christina Ricci's room, but it's red instead of blue. Maybe symbolizing, or maybe it's a mood color room. Her room's mood changing. I like. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Burn that one. No one will ever see my secret love drawings in this notebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep this though. This seems like a good good thing to have on you. Everyone's rocking cravats in this movie, by the way, too. No time for ties. Who has time for ties? I don't know. How do you call a taxi in this town? Whistle really, really loud. Carrier pigeons, or are they sending ravens? <laughs> that seems to be very popular. Look at this taxi driver, by the way. He's like, oh. I don't know about you, that's like every taxi driver I've ever <laughs> had near LAX, so. I mean, more modern clothing, but the limp and the I hate you, I hate you so much expression. <laughs> You abandon the kid. Good job, Johnny Depp. Yeah, climb back on my guy. I've always wanted to get in one of those carriages just so I could hit the roof with a cane. <laughs> What's the like report that he gives if he were to go back right now? It's like, well, I didn't solve anything because pretty much everyone died. But um, good vacation. It's like, do you believe in the supernatural? Thanks, Christopher Lee, for sending me out here. You know, this is maybe, like, the last of, like, Burton's Burton-esque movies to, like, show some sort of restraint with things. You think? It doesn't go full-on Burton. Like, I guess how Sweetie so? Todd. I mean, Sweetie Todd, Like, yeah. look at the houses and stuff. They're, they're practical. They don't go... They could go over the top, but they're stopped just to the point of being, like, realistic and practical. There is even an outhouse behind one of them that you can see. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, yeah, Sweeney you know, like, Todd, I mean, Sweeney Todd's all green screen, so it's like, yeah. they can do whatever they want, so yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it's it's stops at the point of going co overly comic. I love how all of a sudden he's like, oh man, she's not crazy, she's just protecting me. I mean, if anything, I think it saves it for the wood stuff, like the Tree of the Dead and the... True, you know, yes, the yeah. The Witch Place, and even the, even the windmill is... Uh, I mean, I don't know how else you're supposed to make a windmill look, but it doesn't, you know. If if I was going to, you know, assume a windmill is haunted, that would be the look of a haunted windmill for me. Yes. But no, I see, I get, I get what you're saying for sure, yeah. Yeah, he does save it for the wood stuff, but that's where all the, like, crazy supernatural stuff takes place for the most part. I know the horseman does come into town a couple times, but it's like he's entering their world and they enter his when they go to the woods. Check out my bust. <laughs> a lot of fainting in this movie. 
She actually faints less than Johnny Depp does. Oh, that's not surprising. <laughs> we needed to have the faint quicker. I know. Hey, I, I was supposed to drive you. I mean, look at that wonder one. if the do you think the windmill is supposed to uh, remind us of like Frankenstein at all? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, this movie's awesome. <laughs> I like uh, I like Miranda Richardson's like evil look, by the way, too, when she like yeah. kind of lets her hair down. Well, that's a weird thing. People look weird. Uh, the females look weird with their hair down in this movie. Like, I think Richie's the only one who has hers down, but it's tied up somewhat. Yeah, it's braided. Yeah. To an extent. Like, everybody in town is uptight because they're wearing, like, you know, formed wigs and, and you know, their hair's all tied up. And, like, I- I- Ichabod doesn't have his hair tied up either. And he's the eccentric coming into town. And everybody, he doesn't wear a wig. He doesn't tie his hair into a ponytail like Casper Van Dien. Oh, yeah, he's got that big city style. He does what he yeah. wants. That is a really interesting dress that she's wearing. <laughs> yeah. My poor servant girl. Ready? To Decapitation! Decapitation! Poor Sarah. She's picking corn for your dinner. <laughs> you cut her head off. Yeah, that, that dress looks like it's two pieces. Like, the white and then the black design just, like, goes on over it. Like, they don't look attached. I think it's supposed to be kind of like a spiderweb look. Yeah, spiderweb, yeah. or even like the octopus, as we saw earlier. <laughs> yes. That octopus was pretty badass. Sorry. Intense carriage riding. So is this is this like the inside of that windmill you think, or is this like a set? You think they built? Oh, like... it's just it's got to be a set, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, the windmill from afar could be a model, but they actually built the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, there you go. I mean, you'll see later they're on it. I mean, <laughs> it's... yeah. I bet I bet the inside's a set. It had, yeah, I'd imagine so, right? Probably easier. Yeah. Because it'd be easier to make these gears and stuff. That, yeah, that's why I'm wondering. Up. It's like, how to scale are we building this window? <laughs> Plus, you got to set it on fire, too. Yeah. yeah. We just do that last. Yeah. Last day of shooting. You better get this right. Yeah. We only have one windmill to burn down. A lot of monologuing here. Mm-hmm. But I do like when she like turns and starts yelling at young Basmith because she knows his games. Oh, 
I forgot he's the reverend. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it better. <laughs> Reveals. Apparently Palpatine has the moves. Yeah, he does. There we go. We haven't counted that one yet. Ready? Decapitation! That's a nasty one, too. Jeez. Bring it on herself. So, yeah, I was talking earlier about how I like the how they use the horseman. It's because he's like this supernatural hitman. Like, that's that's very yeah. clever to me. Like, that's I've, I've not seen that before. <laughs> that's something very cool. Christopher Walken as a supernatural, as a supernatural hitman. hitman. Well, in the television show, he's kind of not so much a hitman, but he's like a right. He's a servant to somebody. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Now in the television show, like. So. But like at the time of this movie, I thought it became like it came it became like instantly cooler to me that it's like yeah it's not just like a thing that's killing stuff for whatever reason he's he's a hitman <laughs> that's why he's doing this yeah he's like kind of an aimless monster in like the other stories with, yeah you know and this there's a purpose like he, and with, with this type of creature he is it makes sense for him to be that sort of secondary role. Now, this stuff is all good fun. <laughs> it's like oh, every, yeah. every this is all just just fun action stuff mixed with like Burton's sense of humor and depth doing his thing. Like it's just all good stuff here. It's kind of got a little, little bit of swashbuckler. Yeah. Headless Errol Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> here you go. Yeah. You you didn't need that ladder, right? Cool. I can imagine this is what stopped Ebert for going the full full star four stars by having the climbing killer stuff going on. Around his little movie glossary. Mm. It's like why are they climbing? That doesn't help. By the way, windmills are incredibly flammable. Just They always words, burn down. Words of wisdom. Always in Holland, always going up in flames. Yeah. And there's a lot of explosives in windmills. Yeah, everybody keeps their gunpowder and dynamite in windmills, and I don't. Just never learn. By the way, them jumping off the windmill, that's kind of a, like, Burton doesn't know how to do action. <laughs> He's just like, <laughs> cut, cut, stunt guy, stunt guy, stunt guy. <laughs> that's all that is. <laughs> he, he hasn't learned much since Batman, I guess. <laughs> I do kind of like that the windmill explodes. Oh, yeah. It's that line. day everybody on set wants to see. That's a trailer line, right? That he was dead already. <laughs> I got the horseman just kind of walks out. So he's like, "Come on, guys, <laughs> another one of these." I like how this movie ends in this personal chase. Yeah. Rather than some big world's ending. I like this is probably Burton's only car chase. Yeah. 
Uh, no, no, Batman Returns. There's, brief, there's a brief one in Batman. In Batman Returns, he has the whole yeah. slim car thing. Never mind. I'll put it this way. I like that he managed to put a car chase in a period drama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eat your heart out, Jason Statham. <laughs> Things to not do in a carriage while it's riding rapidly through the woods. Stand. <laughs> well, Ichabod riding the horse backwards, that's something from the cartoon, right? Yeah. yeah. Ichabod riding the horseman's horse chasing after the horseman is... That's, <laughs> yeah. just, that's just good fun. That's what that is. Well, the horseman's dragging. Yeah. I do like that he uses his body to climb back up onto the carriage, too. <laughs> like, these little touches... When you guys watch scenes like this, do you always want to put the Benny Hill music in? Just to I, see what would happen? I want, no, I'm more, I'm more, I usually want to put it through, like, really depressing dramas, because I think it just lightens things up a bit. <laughs> like, I think we talked about this just the other week with 12 Years a Slave. It oh, jeez. It'd be good stuff, I'm telling you. If, like, ben, if, like, Paul Dano's chasing around Chiwetella G4 and Benny Hill music's playing. That was just a bad mood on the horseman's part. I mean, he didn't have to. <laughs> How's science working for you now? <laughs> are, are these? Is this woods like the runway in Fast and Furious Six? Exactly. I do like that. The, like the horseman strangling Johnny Depp, and Johnny Depp's like grabbing at like a neck, but there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> like... I like how I also like that like the horseman's now surfing on the carriage and like he has a reaction shot but he has no head so he just has to <laughs> emote that he's like oh no and that's the re that's what he does <laughs> followed by a you know a Buster Keaton carriage falls on top of him kind of thing you know any wreck you can walk away from even when headless is is an okay crap. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why would we stop riding? Oh, because I got back in the tree. Got it. <laughs> Don't worry, kid. You're safe now because it's going to take her five minutes to reload. <laughs> The horseman, always a good gauge of distance, knows he can just walk and be pretty much set on his ways. Pretty much. No, I'm not dead. He just tackles her off that horse. Yeah. Oh, I do like, I forgot too, when, uh, when like, the horseman walks in the windmill and she just kind of puts the skull behind her back. Like, <laughs> like that's what stops the horseman from understanding what's going on. Yes. Headless Horseman's the original ghostwriter. Yeah. With less flames in Nick Cage. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if Nick Cage had been the Hessian? 
I could easily see that, actually. <laughs> yes. There'd be no real change in my eyes. Yeah? You, someone call my name? Huh? Good catch. I like the, I like the, yeah, the just direct catch. Yeah. Looks like it was shot in reverse. Uh, then everything has to grow back. In your face, hollow man. <laughs> it's reverse Raiders of the Lost. You know, you, you know what is something that's kind of disappeared from cinemas. I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like transformation scenes do not take long anymore. If there is one, in the movies. longest transformation scenes I think are Optimus Prime. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, well, like, I mean, back in the day with like movies like you know the Howling Beast Within, American Werewolf. American Werewolf. I mean, the the big thing was like just wait for the transformation scene. Now how long? Like five seconds. Grew, yeah. yeah, and this one, this one's even long for the time. <laughs> Walking. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, I can't think of it. I mean, Underworld's just like, yeah, now I'm this. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. I mean, it doesn't help that I just haven't seen a really good werewolf movie, like, in a long, long time. That's one of the worst things about American Werewolf in Paris. Other <laughs> than the condom chewing scene? No, that scene's amazing. That's one of the highlights of American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> yeah. Good pull of American Werewolf in Paris. <laughs> Thomas Everett Scott is American Werewolf in Paris. Indie starlet Julie Delpy is. <laughs> yes. I think Miranda Richard just woke up on like the worst OKCupid okay date of all time. Oh my god, yeah. I love that look. That is a great, that's a very satisfying look that he gives with the lightning all in his face and everything too. It's wonderful. And then how else do you handle the situation but make out? Like, I don't know what's going on exactly. <laughs> do you, like, bite, did you cool. bite your tongue off? or? But it, it looked pretty gnarly. He's really into the rough stuff. He's a, yeah, Hessians. <laughs> I do like that the tree trunks are kind of like tentacles. Oh, yeah. And then, of and course... the legend of the Headless Horseman. And then the hand that stays is wonderful, also. It's a nice little touch at the end there. And another faint. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what did we learn? <laughs> I do like how happy this ending is. Like, <laughs> all the bad guys are dead. The color. The sun came out finally. So the sun comes out. Color returns. Depp adopts like a new son. He comes back with a new like you know a new girl. Even like the line of dialogue is like it's like home's this way, the battery's that way. Like it's just like all right, super cheery at the end. It's snowing. Like, it almost makes me want, like, some kind of, like, Brazil-like twist ending or something like that because it's just so happy. She's got the same, uh... She's rocking the Beetlejuice. Same Taylor as Beetlejuice, yeah. I want that dress. Like, right now. Let's make it happen. 
what is what is this? You think you think that's like like a a mat? No, maybe like a visual effect or what? This? Yeah, this kind of backdrop here, huh. or, just, or maybe it's just um, a backlot somewhere. I think it's probably a backlot. It's a mix of backlot and some. Yeah, trick. maybe some mat later in the distance. Yeah. But... All right, so I'm a little disappointed in IMDb because if we're not counting the Widow Winship, we have 14. If we are counting her, it's 15. Huh. So where are the other three? Do they count the unborn child? I mean, I don't think that was a decapitation. That's what I was trying to figure out what that like, stomach cut is, if huh. that was a decapitation or not. Once again, IMDb proves us wrong. Or wrong so we were They were, what, four off? Were they counting bodies dug up from... The graves that we didn't? Even if they did, that's still not enough, I don't think. Yeah, because the only one we didn't count was the Widow Winship. But that would only bring us to 15. Were there Was there faint count right? <laughs> I think Johnny Depp Day faints like five times. I think that's correct. I think we need to have like different the, your your indicator is smelling salts so if there's like five smelling salts that's mm. five faints that's really the right way to do it okay listeners you're in for a treat we're gonna watch it again and count <laughs> the we're gonna keep watching it till we find all the decapitations i'm really hoping to see like gravestone carver <laughs> credit pop up now after saying that <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, no, uh, that was uh, Sleepy Hollow. Um, I I still love this movie quite a bit. Um, um, thing. We were we were talking, you know, what, you know what we learned from IMDb. What is that? Although Sean and Neela are meant to have feelings for each other, they show very few signs of affection. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, uh, listen into our Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift commentary to get that joke, which has recurred a couple times. So I need to call Dale Wibben and be like, hey, you need to make me some costumes? Like, yes, That's the man. Hey, you work with uh, good old Tim on uh, Sleepy Hollow, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the greatest film experiences of my life. Yeah. Met my wife on the set. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, what this movie open to? And it made $100 million here. Made $100 million worldwide. I'm still looking for Tombstone Carver. It was a Thanksgiving movie. It opened to $30 million. Big weekend. It, it, it opened the same week as a, as a Bond movie. It opened the same week as World is Not Enough, Brandon. Oh, wow. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, it opened It opened second place to World is Not Enough with $30 million. World is Not Enough. They didn't enough. pop this in in, in October? No, no, it was a Thanksgiving movie. I remember that. Oh, weird. Because well, October was Stir of Echoes, right? That was the big. No, Stir of Echoes week. was September. The Stir of Echoes, I think, came out like a. It came out like a uh, in August around Six Sense. Okay. That's that okay. was part of I think why it didn't really take off because you know Six Sense was making all the money. Yeah. Oh wait, no, it came, it came out September 10th, but Six Sense was still number okay. one at the box office. Was, That's right. Yeah. It made a ridiculous amount of money. People don't realize how much money Six Sense made. Sometimes I think it made a no. ton of money. It's humongous. So okay, so this in world is not enough. Did it top world's not world is not enough or? Hold on. Um, 
No, no, it, no, World's Not Enough beat it. Uh, okay. And yeah, then the week, a week later it was Toy Story 2 and World's Not Enough and End of Days came out as well. Another Thanksgiving classic. <laughs> that was when that was in Thanksgiving weekend was a pretty profitable weekend where like you could have five movies doing well at the same time. I don't think it's that way that much anymore. Maybe two movies do pretty good, or they just have been moving it's more, stuff it's more away like, from it. Does Mario Torres count as the sculptor? Oh, there we go. Maybe mold, mold makers. makers. I make the molds. A lot of mold makers. Um, England crew, there's like five sculptors. It's like it seems now like Thanksgiving movies is more like a week. A movie opens a week before Thanksgiving, like Hunger Games, and then you'll yeah. have like a bunch of like stuff dumped into the, the like the actual yeah, Thanksgiving you have, weekend. Like, you have like one big one, like the first or second week of November, and then one the weekend before Thanksgiving, and then yeah, they just dump stuff. But there used to be, like, there was that one Thanksgiving that had like Alien Resurrection, Flubber, um, classic, something else. Yeah, classic. <laughs> I mean, but those were big movies. I know, um, I know. It came out that weekend, um, and I remember it used to be. A, I mean, it used to be a lot of choices during that time, but it seems like Christmas is they're pushing them more into December. Hertzfordshire, London, England. Thanks, We're just at the end of the movie here, so yeah, that was the that was Sleepy Hollow. Um, a great movie. Holds up well. Um, so yeah, with that said, I mean, for anybody that's still <laughs> stuck around with us through this entire commentary, thanks for that. And um, before we wrap things up. Um, Victoria, where can people find more of your work online? If you want to be really excited about life, and especially if you're female, our website is fangirlnation.com. We launched about three months ago. We're bringing you commentary and reviews on a daily basis, so check us out. Brandon? Uh, you can find my work also at Why So Blue and my blog, Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com. Um, currently doing a David Venture retrospective. Check it out. Of course, you can find me on the... Well, this is out now, Fair and Ape, so it's no reason to say that. This is so weird doing two different podcasts at the same time. Um, TheCodeOfZeke.com, you can find my movie reviews there, as well as AwaiSoBlue.com. You can follow me on Twitter at AaronsPS4. Um, all these shows, so we have... Well, this is Ichapod Cranecast. You have at Ichapod Crane, follow that on Twitter. And you, of course, have OutNowPodcast, at OutNow underscore podcast. And there's all kinds... There's Facebook pages and all kinds of stuff. You probably know this already, so I'm not going to go over it all. Um, so yeah, with all that in mind, that's been the Sleepy Hollow Commentary, and, uh, until next time, I guess, uh, we haven't done this in a while, Brandon, uh, heads oh. will roll! Nice to meet you! Or I'll